Acts chapter number three in our Bibles this morning, Acts chapter number three. I want to continue our series that we have been on. And uh, last week we looked at what makes a healthy church. And we're going to continue that in chapter number three this morning. Every New Testament church ought to desire to be healthy. My wife says to me often, she says, I I want you to be healthy. So she's always looking at what I eat. And so I, yesterday we were at lunch, I ordered a hamburger and she reminded me without the bun, extra lettuce, you know, tomatoes. I don't even like tomatoes, but she said they're healthy. So eat, eat healthy things. She's always reminding me. Someone gave me a, some candy and I put my hand in the, the bag and took a piece and she, you guys know this look, just looked at me. That means put it back or you're in trouble. And she says this often, I just want you to be healthy. She'll say, I want you to go for a walk with me. And uh, I'll say, I think one of the girls will go with you. And she says, I want you to go. I want you to be healthy. And Really, that is the desire for us as individuals. That's the desire for our church. Be a healthy, healthy church. God desires his church to be healthy. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 58. Paul writing to the church at Corinth. Paul wrote to Timothy. Paul wrote to Titus. These were books specifically to to specific people. But when Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, Paul was writing to the New Testament church. And he said this, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What is he saying to the church? Be healthy, be healthy spiritually, be healthy, be right with God, steadfast upon what? Upon God's word, unmovable upon the doctrine of God's word, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always growing in God's work. And so God's desire for every single one of us here this morning is to be healthy, be healthy so that we can bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's challenge to the church at Corinth was to be abounding. We find in Acts chapter number three, we uh, look at verse number one. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried when they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about uh, to go into the temple, asked in alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto them. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would um, speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, on this topic of a healthy church, we we see the the start here in Acts. We see the apostles preaching the gospel. We see thousands upon thousands of people being saved. We see something happening. 
And uh, Lord, now we find in chapter number three, a situation, they come in contact with a man that, that needed to hear about Christ. And so Lord, I pray today that you would open our hearts, our ears today. May we receive from your spirit what he desires for us to have. In Jesus' name, amen. In these days here in Jerusalem, you would find that the, 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 the epicenter of what was happening there in Jerusalem was the temple. It was a part of their life. They would come and daily worship in the temple. It was something they, they did. That's where the, the people were. That's markets all around it. Uh, this past uh, fall, we took a group of people to Israel, and the highlight that we had was there at the Temple Mount. We saw the place where the temple would have been and all the things that were happening all around that. We saw the gates and, and the pools and, and just all of the, the exciting things, the, the hustle and bustle that would take place around this. In these days as well, there was, no, there was no welfare system. The Romans actually were occupying Jerusalem, occupying Israel, and the Romans weren't giving of their money. They, they would go into a place and they would strip the wealth out of it and bring it back to the Roman Empire. And, and the Roman Empire would thrive while the places that they oversaw would, would decline. They didn't care about the people. And so there's not a, there was not a place for this lame man to go other than to go to the place where the people would daily come, he would come in contact with. And so his family, the Bible says his family would come, and we don't know much about the family, but if your family could not financially support you if you were sick, then you were left for yourself, hoping that those that, those that had uh, any kind of wealth could help you along your path. If, if someone else wasn't willing to help you, then you were stuck you were in trouble. You'd go hungry. You'd go without any help at all. And so the family, the Bible says, would bring him and set him at this gate. And, and he would sit there and he would beg for, for, for money as the people would come in and out of that gate coming, coming to and from the temple. And so we find that this man is sitting there and the Bible says that, that uh, Peter and John come and they see him and they lock eyes on him or they, they take notice to him. And, and, and this is interesting because these folks would sit there so often that really it would just become part of what you normally see. Uh, like there are certain exits that you get off here and, and um, if, if you're not careful, you, you just kind of get used to the, the people standing there with a the sign asking for money. You might give them money once, but then once you've done it, you think they're there every day and you just kind of lose sight of, of who's there and who has great needs. And something that's interesting when we look at this passage of scripture, I think if we're not careful, even we as Christians, we can get so used to the fact that there are people with great needs that we just go through our everyday life while people have great needs and we forget. We don't pay attention. They just become part of the, the, the fabric of, of society around us and, and we don't take special note. And so it's interesting here that in verse number four, Peter fasting his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. I wanna look at, I pray three things this morning if we can get through these three things. These signs of a healthy church. I want you to write this down in your heart somewhere, please. A sign of a healthy church is a church realizes there's a need that others have. A church realizes that there is a need that others have. Now, I know it's a pretty basic point here as we see this, but they were, they were busy about their life. Peter and John did not go through the gate beautiful so they could see who had a need there. 
They went through the gate beautiful because that was the road they had to take to get to the temple because they wanted to get to temple and pray. They wanted to get to the temple and worship. They had, they had a destination that they needed to get to, and they weren't on a normal day consumed with the events that were happening all around them. But a, a healthy church, a church that is, is, is healthy doing the Lord's work, it realizes that all around them, that every day, at every point in their life, there's always someone that God is putting in your path because God desires to meet a need in that person's life. And this is the, this is the exciting part about the church. God chooses to use you and I to meet that need. You, you know this, there's hurting people all around us. There, is, there are hurting people everywhere we go. I find this in verse number four, Peter, he fastened his eyes upon him. And in verse number five, he gave heed unto him, expecting to receive something of them. This, this beggar, this man that was sick, this man that was lame, when, when Peter fastened eyes on him, you, uh, uh, he knew something was coming. My wife and I went away for anniversary last week or so, and we uh, went to Chicago, and there, there was a lot of homeless people that we came in contact with. I mean, all over the place. There were, they were, they were every corner, every street, everywhere there were visitors that were in the city, there were homeless people. And I, and I realized this, I watched the people around. You know what they did? You'd, if you didn't want to meet a need, you just didn't look at them. Somebody was standing there asking for money. And as you walk by, they would reach out and try to ask for money. And I watched the normal person. They just walked by not making eye contact because if they would have made eye contact, that person may have expected something from them. My, I was getting my wife a cup of coffee in, that, in the store around the corner where we were staying. And as we came in, there was a fellow that came in, a young man. A young man came in and he was asking everyone in line for change. And my first initial response was, I did what everyone else does. I just didn't pay attention. I just acted like he wasn't there. I ignored him. And as I ignored him and he would go from place to place after he passed me, then I began to watch him. And I noticed just the level of frustration that he was having, not unkind or mean. I could just tell that he was trying to get people's attention and nobody in that, that coffee shop had the time of day for this man. My wife was standing next to me and I said to Michelle, I said, he's a human being, isn't he? She said, he is. And the Lord just smote my heart there as I was ignoring this man of his need. The fact that this man is a human being that has a need. In my mind, I probably already had uh, what this person, why he was in the place he was in, what he was going to use the change for. And I already had him judged. I already had him condemned. I already, in my mind, thought that this man probably didn't want to work and he's just going to use it for alcohol or drugs or something he shouldn't use it for. And the Lord just smote my heart and said, this man is a human being. And maybe he put him right in the path of somebody today, a Christian today, to try to meet a need that that person had. I mean, he was dirty, he was filthy, he, 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 he wasn't pleasant uh, to, to, to talk to or even to smell. And, and, and the Lord just smote my heart there at that moment and said, but he is a human being with a need. And I did probably what anyone would do. Lord, I just came in here for a cup of coffee. <laughs> I just want to enjoy the day with my wife. 
I want to buy her a cup of coffee, make her happy. We're going to go spend money and, 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 and shop, and, and, and life's going to be good. But there are human beings all around us that have great needs, and a healthy church realizes the needs of others. And so I had to do one of those. Okay. And I walked up to the man and gave him some change and apologized. Gave the man a gospel track. Tried to tell him about Christ. Went and got the coffee and had more change. And the man, by that time, was already outside. And I could just see despair and frustration on this man's face. And the longer it went on, the more the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God, just smote my heart and said, maybe today he's there for you. Soften your heart. You see, we can go through life not paying attention to the fact there's people with great needs all around us. I had 14 cents from the cup of coffee. I think I spent $8 on a cup of coffee. I had 14 cents change and came out to that man and talked to the man once more and gave him more change, talked to him again. Walking away, realizing this, how many people today are going to have great needs, but I am too busy with my life for God to use me to meet a need. You see, a healthy church realizes there's a need. Now, I want you to notice something here. This man, not only though, uh, he was begging for alms and for money. He wanted to eat. He probably had some things he needed to to pay for, maybe clothing or food or something to drink. And and so he's looking for something that he could use to meet a need in his life. And and the Bible says that they, they, uh, Peter said, silver and gold have I none in verse number six, but, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. You know, I noticed not only do the, does the church realize the need of others, they were busy, but they took the time to stop. They also realized the spiritual need of others. It wasn't just the fact that this man needed to eat. This, they could have fed this man every single day, but they understood that the need that this man had was greater than just the food he needed in his belly or the drink he needed to, to quench that thirst or clothing he needed to cover his body. What that man truly needed was he needed to be introduced to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There was a spiritual need that this man had. And I think this is what drove these two men. It wasn't just the the physical need that this man had. He knew, Peter knew, that they could walk by this man. Somebody else might give them money. Somebody else might help that man eat that day. But God put those two men in that man's life because that man needed to be introduced to Jesus Christ. You see, a healthy church realizes that the world around them has a spiritual need. They they realize that the, the world around them needs Jesus Christ. And yes, church, we are supposed to go out and, and do good things and, and feed the poor and, and, and do those, those wonderful things, but we can never, ever lose sight of the fact that we are to be ambassadors for Christ, that we are to take to a lost and dying world the gospel message of Jesus Christ. The greatest need that every single human being has is the need of the gospel. Something else I noticed about this, Peter and John this man didn't know it, but Peter and John, they, um, they didn't have any money. They, they were Christians. They were following Jesus. 
this, this whole New Testament church thing started happening, but they had, remember, they had quit their jobs. Peter and John, they, they weren't fishing for fish anymore. They were now fishing for men. You know what they realized? That, that uh, uh, they couldn't sell that. And Peter and John were, they themselves didn't have a lot of resources. And some, sometimes I think this, if we're not careful, because we don't have some resources, it keeps us from doing what we can do. You know what I noticed with Peter and John? A sign of a healthy church would be this. They don't let lack of resources keep them from doing what they could do with the resources they have. We don't have money to give this lame man, but what we do have is the gospel message. You know, sometimes a church might think if we don't have the resource to do something, then we just can't do it. You know what? I believe this. We ought to look and see what we do have and be happy with what we have and use what we do have to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to use the resources that we do have to take the gospel message to the world. You know, sometimes we say, you know what? We don't have it to do all, so, so let's just not do anything. When I think the story I see here, here is at a healthy church, they just don't stop doing everything because they can't do everything they want to do. Sometimes we, we must just do what we can and not wait till we have everything. Sometimes we just need to reach out and be a blessing to someone, even though not everything in our life is the way it needs to be. I'll help somebody as soon as I get all this fixed in my own life. I can be a blessing to somebody if, if, if I can get all this squared away or we could do more in the church if we just had less debt or didn't have this or didn't have that. You know what I believe? We ought to not use excuses for not serving the Lord. With what we do have, let's use the resources that we do have to do something big for God. Let's meet a need. Could you imagine Peter and John walking by this man saying, you know, we don't have money and so there's nothing we could do for this man. We've got to wait till the, the offering comes in, or we've got to wait till somebody gives us money for preaching, or we've got to wait till the Lord supplies some finances. No, what they said is, I don't have what you think you need, but I do have the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, a healthy church, number two, if you'd write this down, a healthy church, their actions point people to a relationship with God. A healthy church, their actions point people to a relationship with God. And what I mean by that is this, and the Bible says this, and he, in verse eight, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Now, if they would have just tossed uh, some money at this man, do you think he would have got the same reaction? No. They could have tossed a few dollars at the man. He would have just keep begging for more. Because the reality is this, this man, no amount of money was going to be enough. Because this man couldn't work. This man can't take care of himself. No matter how much money he would receive today, you know what he needed to do? He needed to go back to the gate beautiful tomorrow because tomorrow he has to eat again. His, his clothes were eventually going to wear out. He was eventually going to get thirsty again. The place he, he stayed eventually was going to have to get paid for. No, no amount of money was going to change this man's life. But you know what does change this man's life? Introduction to Jesus Christ. 
You see, they knew this, my, their, their, their action, what I'm about, what I'm going to do, I'm going to point people to have a relationship with God. God got the glory in this event, and in everything a healthy church does, you know what? God gets the glory for it. Whether it's an act of kindness or, or, or somebody serving someone else, you know, the person doing it doesn't get the glory. God gets the glory. You know what you don't find? That Peter and John, they begin to, to, to uh, exalt them and he began to rejoice about who they were. You don't find him leaping and praising John and Peter. What you find is this, this lame man. He's leaping and, and dancing and, and running and walking and doing what he hasn't done for the longest time. And he's praising God in heaven. Listen, the healthy church always gets involved and sees a need in someone else's life. And in meeting that need, God gets the glory. See, everything that our church does, God ought to receive glory in it. Our lives must be lived so that everything we do brings honor and glory to our Lord and Savior. The people saw him walking. The people saw him praising God. Listen, we need to expect big things from God. I think a healthy church expects God to do great things. They know that God is a miracle-working God. They know when we pray, we know that God can answer prayers. When we, when we have a need, we know that God can meet that need. There's nothing that this church needs. There's nothing that you need personally in your life that God is not powerful enough and God is not big enough and God is not uh, 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 in, in the miracle business that he can't, he can't meet the need in your hand. Every single need you have spiritually, God can meet. Every single need you have emotionally, God can meet. Every single need that you have, God can meet those needs. And church, we ought to, we ought to prove God and show this world how big God is. We ought to show this world how powerful God is. We, um, when I was young, we were living in Wyoming. And out in Wyoming, it was, it, it was a desert. And there were, there were um, trailers and, and apartments. They didn't have subdivisions like we see around here back in, the, in those times. That They would building cities, and they'd start with just trailers. And so when we went out there, my dad went out to, to start a church. We, we lived in a, a trailer, and, and uh, there was no grass. You know, you didn't, you didn't grow grass out where we lived there. It was just dirt. It was desert. And, and so I remember one day we were playing in, in the front of our yard and, and um, the neighbor lady, she had a, a boyfriend that, that came and he parked his car on our dirt right where we were playing. And my brother said to the, to the guy, he said, could, could you move your car? And we were only four or five years old or so. Can you move your car? We were, you're parked in our dirt, you know, and we were playing there. And um, this guy's... I don't remember what he said, but next thing I know, his car's still on our dirt and he's in the house. We had one of two options. Me and my brother, four and five years old, could take matters in our own hands and move the car, flatten the tires, go get the guy out of the house. But my brother had a better plan. He said, I'm going to get dad. I said, why didn't I think of that? Dad, that's the answer. We went and got dad because we knew this, that this guy, dad could handle. I couldn't handle him. My brother couldn't handle him. 
I still probably couldn't handle him and my brother couldn't handle him, but dad could handle him. And, and my brother went and got dad and dad came out and he saw the guy's car. He went to the guy's uh, 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 door and he knocked on the guy's door. He said, you're parked in our, our, our yard where our kids are playing. And the guy went to shut the door on dad, but dad put his foot in the door. I don't know what happened, but by the time we were done, the guy's car was moved off of our dirt and we were playing and dad was our hero. You know what I thought? Same thing every little boy thinks. Their dad can do anything. Dad's got it under control. Dad can fix this problem. I started going around saying, I want to pick a fight with everybody just so I could show them who my dad is and how strong he is. I wanted everyone to know that dad could fix the problem. You know, the same thing I believe is true with God. Everything that we do, we ought to expect that God can do the miraculous things in our church. I'm human and you're human. Sometimes we look at our problems and we see how big these problems are. There's someone that's lame, that's been lame for years sitting at a gate. And I don't know how this person's going to be healed, but you know what? It's not in my strength. It's not in my power, but there's a God in heaven that can fix this problem. I think of people all throughout our ministries. There's a jail ministry and there's people every Sunday afternoon that'll be leaving church and going to a jail ministry this afternoon and throughout the week and different times and ministering to people. And there's people in those ministries that have great problems. You know, our people here do, they go to that place and they introduce those that are there to a big God that can resolve their problems and fix their problems. I think of the addictions ministries that we have. There's people that, that they have great addictions to, to things that are controlling them and keeping them in bondage. But you know what our whole goal is? To introduce them to a God that can deliver them from that addiction. Well, we've got nursing home ministries and, and, a, and, a, and a fair ministry coming up in the next couple of months. And, 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 and Whitney Manor is a, a place on, on it's a, a halfway house that, that men from our church go to every Wednesday evening. And, and you know what they do? They, they, they present Christ there was a fellow today that got saved Wednesday and we were supposed to baptize him today and that didn't work out. But, but what happened on Wednesday night, his, his life is, is, is in turmoil and he's not with his family and, and he's living in a, in a halfway house and life isn't what he thought it was going to be and he's discouraged and he's down and he's depressed. And, and, and you know what he happens? He, he's introduced to Jesus Christ and he's told this, that God in heaven can fix any problem that he has, that what he's looking for is God we might not be able to, to pay for his rent. We might not be able to, to give him food. We might not be able to, to take care of him uh, uh, with his expenses. But you know one thing we can do as a church? A healthy church says, I don't know if I can help you with that need, but there's a need that I know that you can be helped with. There's a need that you need to know about Jesus Christ. There's a God in heaven that loves you, that wants to reconcile you back to him, that loves you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to this world so you could spend eternity with him, that Jesus, that Jesus is someone we can introduce to anyone. He can meet a need. You see, a healthy church, their action points people to a relationship with God. It's, it's a wonderful and needed to serve here at our church, to serve each other. Today, right now, 
People serve. People are here early this morning. People are serving. Ushers serve and greeters serve and people in the PA system. And there's teachers right now. And thank the Lord for nursery workers right now serving and watching our children. There's people all over this property that teaching and serving. And, and there's people that come, just the smallest things, making sure there's hot coffee for you when you come, making sure that there's cups put out for you, that people have cleaned all week and, 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 and prepared so that when we come here to serve each other. But church, a healthy church doesn't just serve inside these walls. A healthy church goes out of these walls and meets the needs in the community that people have. There's people all around us. There's people that, that need Jesus. And, and, and I'm not saying that we ought to stop serving in the walls. What I'm saying is this, that we ought to even uh, go to a new level and start taking this, what we have, out and meeting needs of people in our community. A healthy church, number three, if you would Mark this down. Look with me in verse number six. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. If you ended it there, it would sound like Peter was taking the credit for what he was about to do. But then he clarified it. He said this, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know what Peter was saying? It's not in my strength. It's not in my power. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, a healthy church, their motive is all about Jesus Christ. Peter wasn't going to take credit for anything that Peter shouldn't have taken credit for. Peter wasn't saying, look at John. John's going to help me heal this person, and, and, and we're doing a pretty good job, aren't we? They weren't looking for any credit that belonged to Jesus Christ. And listen to me, a healthy church, their motive is about Jesus Christ. They never take credit that belongs to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says this, it's in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, that name of Jesus, even the devils fear that name. I think about that song, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. Just something about the name of Jesus calms things down, doesn't it? Well, when you're in a, a stressful situation and just getting on your knees and praying and mentioning the name of Jesus, getting in God's word and mentioning the name of Jesus and finding out that with all, all strength we need is found in Jesus Christ, all the might we need is found in Jesus Christ, all the healing we need is found in Jesus Christ. Peter said this, I, I, I've got something that I want to give you, but I want you to know it didn't come by my might. It didn't come by my power. It doesn't come by who I am. All of this comes by the name of Jesus Christ. You see, their motive was about Jesus Christ. A healthy church always, always, always promotes Jesus Christ. Romans 8.39, nor heights, nor depth, nor other, thing, or other creatures shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 Corinthians 1-2, Paul writes this, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of, the, of Jesus Christ our Lord. Boy, there's some powerful, there's something powerful about the name of Jesus. Paul wrote to Timothy and said this, and, and even uh, uh, aim, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. There's hope in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Here's, here's a man, Paul, who is, who is, who is hopeless. He's jailed, and, and he's given his life to the Lord Jesus Christ to serve him. And in everything that he does, he's getting punished for. He's, he's getting beaten, and he's getting uh, stoned. He's getting thrown in prison. Matter of fact, his life is going to be taken from, from him for following Jesus Christ. And what does Paul say? My hope is in Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, there's hope. In the name of Jesus, there's strength. In the name of Jesus, whatever your need is, is you'll find it in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. See, a healthy church recognizes that. People will fail you. Jesus Christ never will. Family will fail you, but Jesus Christ never will. You might even fail yourself, but Jesus Christ never will. He told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.14, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. You see, a healthy church recognizes, recognizes that Jesus deserves all the credit. You're here today because of Jesus Christ. Our salvation is because of Jesus Christ. You see, there's a day coming that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, the resurrection changed anything, everything. We came to Acts chapter three this morning. You know what changed it all? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. I've said this to you over the last couple weeks. Peter was without hope. Peter denied Christ. Peter went back fishing. Peter gave up hope and he, he, he didn't give up faith. He still believed he is the Christ, the son of God, but he, but he, he was alone and, and hopeless and in despair. What changed that? What caused Peter now to come to, to this portion of scripture and say to this man, there's something that, I, that you need and that what you need is the Lord Jesus. I can't give you money, but I can give you the Lord Jesus Christ. What caused Peter to realize that that's where a hope is found? Because Peter found himself in a place in life where he was hopeless, but the resurrection changed it all. He saw Jesus, the risen Savior, face to face, and he knew that his whole life was now changed because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus gives us access to God. Access to God is through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus says this, and I, may, I mention this about every service because I want to exalt Christ. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no one comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus is saying, if you want hope, it's found in me. If you want grace, it's found in me. If you want eternal life, it's found in me. Anything you need from the Father, it's through me. A healthy church recognizes that. My question to you this morning, church, will you look for your need for a need this week? Would you look at the gates that you go through, the stores that you walk through, the places that God allows you to go? Will you look and will you make eye contact with a, a lame man this week? Will you stop the hustle and bustle of your life and be willing to notice somebody in need? You know what you'll notice when you notice someone in need? They're all around you. Michelle and I were, um, I told you a couple weeks ago, we were out to eat with the Cox family and, and the uh, waitress. It was late on a Friday evening. It was, we closed the place down and the waitress there had the same name as my wife, Michelle Lynn. And uh, she, um, 
<clears throat> witness to her and told her I want to come back and give her, give her a book. I wanted to give her the done book. And we were there yesterday and uh, it's been a couple weeks and this is during the daytime during lunch. And I didn't expect to see her. And what would you, what do you know? They put us in her section and she came up and she said, Jeremy J and Michelle Lynn I said, how did she know Jeremy J credit card? Oh, on my credit card. I said, I wonder if she memorized my numbers too, you know? She said, I have something for you. I said, you do? She said, yeah, I got to run out your car. And I said, oh boy, last time you ran out the car, you gave me a whole notebook of stuff. Last time I was in, I told her, I said, you know, I, I was not feeling well and needed some, uh, some over-the-counter, some over-the-counter medication. She went out and got it for me. She said, it's been sitting in my car. I've been waiting for you to come back. She runs out to her car in the middle of, of, of lunch and comes back and she has this little box that she gave me. She said, yeah, I've been waiting to see you again. This is for you. I said, I was supposed to be the Christian. I thought I was supposed to be the one. And the Lord put her back in my life because there's a need. She needs the gospel. She, she's the same one that said to me, I stopped going to church because I was so hungry and I wasn't finding anything. And now she began to search and find, and now she's putting all sorts of things, mixing all sorts of religion together, and she's still coming up empty. It was a reminder, you know what God said? Slow down. There's people right here that you're here to minister to and meet. I question you this week, will you look for a need this week? And will you meet that need? You say, well, I don't know, I don't have money. I'm not talking about money. You say, well, I, I don't know what to say. Just tell them what Jesus Christ did for you. Tell somebody that's hopeless what Jesus has done for you. Will you work so that God will receive glory? And will we as a church keep our focus on Jesus Christ? You see, I said to someone this morning, every time the church does something for God, Satan wants to beat it up. Every time the church moves forward, Satan wants to counterpunch. But a healthy church says, you know what? It's about Jesus. My focus is on him. I want to meet the need of someone else by showing them what Jesus Christ has done for me, and he'll do the same thing for you. How was it that Peter knew that Jesus could give this man hope? Because Jesus gave Peter hope. And Peter knew if he did it for me, he'll do the same thing for you. Father, help us.